0: Little roller up along first. Behind the bag.
1: It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. A 2 1 pitch. And a drive in the air to deep right field. That ball headed toward the wall. That ball is out of here. Out of here. A game winning Grand Slam home run off the bat of Robin Ventura. Hey. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run. By Piazza, and the Mets lead 3-2. ball to two. Left, on the left. Back at the wall, and the captain's going deep to the wall. Turner drives one to center, chasing Nimmo back to the warning track, right at the fence. He made the catch. Oh, wow. The catch of the year from Brandon Nimmo. He took
2: a home run away from Justin Turner. Wow. Have your
1: attention, please. The show starts in ten, nine, eight, seven,
0: six, five, four, three, two, one, go! Episode 27 welcome to the say hello podcast my name is casey lynn i am joined by my co-host former met former major league pitcher bill pulsifer and today we have a special special guest none other than the polar bear himself pete alonzo is joining us here on episode 27 pete welcome to the show and how are you today sir
2: Thank you. Yeah, doing well and um I mean, camp's going super super well right now. I have no complaints and um guys are meshing well and it's it's been a really exciting spring training so far.
0: That's it's good to hear. Uh before we get into all that, uh this episode is brought to you by roots-recordings.com. We have Steve White, our producer on the other side. And um yeah, so Camp is underway and uh, we took a picture together the other uh, weekend and uh, people were commenting on it. I threw up on Twitter, X, whatever the hell they call it now. And they were saying how uh, jacked you looked, you know, for lack of a better word, how great of shape that you look in. Um, and uh, so with that being said, is there anything that uh, you did differently in the off season, slim down, bulk up? Because, um, you know, you look like you're in great playing shape.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I I feel good. Um, I'm usually uh, between 240, 245, like in spring training and in the season. And there's no, uh, I mean, there's no real crazy new thing that I did this off season. I conditioned, uh, focused a lot on um, just like building up my body regarding strength wise, conditioning wise, agility wise, flexibility wise. I mean, just your Stereotypical offseason program and uh, took ground balls, did my throwing program and hit. Um, uh, it was just pretty much a pretty standard offseason and pretty standard buildup. But, um, yeah, a lot of hard work, uh, I guess. Thanks for noticing and complimenting so i guess hard work's paid off
0: <laughs> yeah i was i was kidding around only because lucy was with us and uh, if you remember lucy wasn't uh behaving uh as quite yes. as as well as we wanted her to so we were she's
1: in a lab <laughs>
2: yeah yes, i mean she's excited you know she's excited <laughs> wanted to wanted to love on everybody and and see every uh say hello to everyone that i mean that's that's typical her
0: yeah and uh I got as a little special guest actually right now. Lucy, come here. Come here, girl. There <laughs> she is. There she is. Let me, uh, Lucy, hold on. I got to be careful here. So she doesn't <laughs> knock things over. Lucy, say <clears throat> hi to Pete.
2: Hi, sweetie. That's, you see her? Yes. Yeah. Oh, there she is. There's that. There she there's is. That big, no, all...
0: <laughs> all right. Get away, Dougie. <laughs> yeah. That, that lasted as long as I thought. Um, So, yeah, uh, I was just kidding people. You know, we were both holding on to her so tight that her muscles were – well, your muscles were popping out, you know. Um, But uh, I wanted to get into – so Lucy says hello and now she's, uh, you know, doing her thing wherever. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to start off by talking about Lucy and obviously um, how that all went down and then we'll segue into the uh, the, um, the $1,000 that you're donating to – uh, animals, uh, rescues or across the country. So, yeah. um, let's start with Lucy. Um, she's a gem. You told me she was, mm-hmm. um, and you know, the, the story for me on my personal side, it's wild. Um, but I, I just wanted to get your thoughts cause you fostered Lucy, you and your beautiful wife, Helly, fostered her for two weeks or so, a little more.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and, and literally I've told Bill this saved her life. Yeah, so if you want to give your thoughts on how that all went down and your thoughts about, you know, sweet old Lucy or sweet young Lucy, uh, mm-hmm. that'd be awesome.
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah, so my wife and I, um, we have a huge love for animals and uh, we were noticed uh, we we're notice like we we're thinking about like trying to do something with uh, rescues. And uh, we're wondering, it's like, OK, how do we get involved? How do we um, like? make a difference how do we do something uh on a large scale and we're just looking through like uh like these certain organizations that uh or not organizations but these certain shelters that um that are kill shelters and we're looking at the the dogs that like that are on the euthanasia list and um it's really heartbreaking because the the vast majority of these animals are they're at these shelters because of like us, like because their are humans let them down. And um, I mean, that's, it's definitely a, it's a problem in our uh, society and country. Um, and it's uh, it's really sad to be that, um, that these loving and these loving creatures, like they deserve homes and, and loving, loving humans that are going to take good care of them. And, um, but Lucy had, she stuck out because she had the best notes. So on these lists they have <laughs> pictures and notes um, on these dogs and and she just like jumped off the page like reading like they um, the the workers at that shelter, they probably spent I, I don't know a, you could tell they put a ton of care and time. there was at least six, seven paragraphs on her alone and she had a such a positive, effect on, on those workers at the shelter, like, man, like we got to get her out of here. And, um, we called, um, because Lucy was actually supposed to get put down on, uh, Christmas Eve and we're like, okay, this, this can't happen. This, this can't happen. I mean, she's such a good looking dog. She's like, she would make, uh, she would make an unbelievable life partner for somebody. Uh, we need to figure this out. And what we did, we reached out um, and we called a couple of different companies like, hey, it's Christmas. We're not going. So this uh, this um, we thankfully called uh, called this one transport company. They're like, yeah, well, we we got it like this is going to be a Christmas miracle for her. Like um, the the woman on the phone is like, I have a black lab or I have two black labs. I have a huge heart uh, for people who are willing to open their heart up to other black labs so like you guys are doing such a great thing so she set it up and uh and the driver she drove uh she picked her up on christmas on christmas eve drove her from dallas to tampa in uh in basically like a day and a half so the yeah so the shelter they uh they spayed her and basically put her in the, put her in the truck and they just said, all right, like Lucy, you're on your new life girl. Congratulations and Merry Christmas. And we got her and um, it was really amazing because like she couldn't really believe that she was like touching grass and like running around the yard. And she was really wobbly um, with stairs because I don't think that she'd really experienced like stairs before. Um, right. And, and like just receiving love and going on the couch, she's like, what is this? Like, what is that? <laughs> like, this is so like nice compared to like a cold concrete floor at the, at the shelter. Cause that's all she knew. And who knows what, um what she knew previously in life as well. So like, just to have like a blanket, a couch, a bed, like two, two meals a day. Like it's, to see her kind of open up and really show love and affection and like because show more of her own personality it, it's 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 such a rewarding experience and she's such a love bug and and she has so much love to give and uh she's she's such an incredible dog and uh the experience of us like fostering is is unforgettable like uh for Obviously listeners, people watching um, highly recommend, highly, highly recommend fostering an animal because it is such a rewarding experience. And also too, it's very difficult because you grow attached, you learn to love the dog for who they are. Like you get used to um, their their quirks and mannerisms. And also we have two other dogs. So it's like, she's like kind of figured out like her place in the pack, like her place in the home. And then once you figure it out, you have to realize, hey, listen, like we are a bridge between her old life and her new life. And we want to get her in the best possible mindset and position so she can uh, be the best partner and and, uh, dog that she could possibly be. And I mean, seeing her is like seeing her happy. Uh, Her coat was just super, like super shiny and. Uh, soft because before like she was like she was really really patchy and uh, you could see all of her ribs but now like she's definitely beefed up and I mean she's just looks like a just like a happy healthy and just uh big old love bug like we we loved Lucy we still do and uh, we hope Casey that you're um, yeah that she's that she's taken care of and that she that you continue to love her. And I know that she's gonna love you always.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. She's like you told me a gem. That's the first thing that you told me um, when we were talking about her and you couldn't be any more uh, close to the truth on that she is one of a kind. And, you know, in in the back of my mind, it was like, is this too early to get another dog? Um, You know, today is three months since my Shay passed away. Um, But after speaking to Hallie, over the course of the couple of weeks and learning just like you did through the notes from the shelter and Haley's passing it along. I was like, Lucy is too good of a dog from all intents and purposes from what I know to not, you know, give her the best life that she deserves, regardless if it might be a little too soon for me. And I'm so happy that I made that decision because she is a gem, a love bug. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I could see how you know, you could get a connection with her in just two, three weeks. Cause my, my goodness, (laughs) you know?
2: Yeah. And I'm sure like too, like now that I'm sure like at home, like with you, she's super settled. And I'm sure that she's like just loving every single minute of every day. Like, yeah.
0: yeah, she is. And you know, Bill actually, uh, he's a dog lover as well. We're all dog lovers here. Bill, do you have four dogs? Five? I have
1: four. Three of them are rescues. And the fourth we actually took from a family because they uh, had a young baby and they had some issues. So we took on the fourth. So for, uh, and I don't That's know, if awesome. I don't know I don't know if Casey had told you this, but me and uh, Casey have been doing the show for a while now. And I know that his dog, Shay had been sick and mm-hmm. my all of, as somebody that's been through it and we adopt, we adopted dogs and we've also fostered dogs and have dogs uh, fostered out me and my wife, Michelle. So this, the fact that you, you and your wife Haley do that, that's, that's insane. It makes me like you as a ball player, even not even as a ball player, even as a man and as a person, as a human being, I just think it's tremendous what you're doing, but Thank um, you. yeah, it's, it's great. It really is. It warms my heart. Um, I was the one that kind of told Casey the best way to get over a dog passing is kind of saving another dog's life. Cause there's dogs out there that need to have their lives saved. And, uh, yeah, you a little absolutely. at first, but, uh, when I heard the story, when he texted me one night, he's like, I've got an incredible story. You're not going to believe this. And, uh, at first you, it was kind of hard to believe. And if, when he first told me I'm getting Pete Alonzo's dog, I'm like, wait a minute. Why is Pete Alonzo getting rid of a dog? <laughs> and Then I found out the story <laughs> that you saved the dog from a kill shelter. It just really, yeah. it's, it's phenomenal, really phenomenal. And the fact what you're doing for the home runs too, is just top notch, man. Really top notch. I tip my cap.
2: Thank you. Yeah. It's like going, going through that process, that foster process, like once you create that bond, it's difficult, but you have to realize that like the, the foster parents or whoever, whoever decides to foster your dog, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a very rewarding experience. And like, like I said, it's like, you're the bridge between their old life and their, and their new life. And it's super rewarding. And I, I mean, I highly recommend it. I mean, I, if um if we didn't travel so much like during the season i would i would definitely continue to do it um but like i mean that's something that haley and i are probably going to continue to do in the off seasons whenever we're settled um in a place like for an extended period of time like we're we're definitely more than open to help be that bridge for other that's dogs awesome. and and being a part of that process like knowing like okay you got to you got to figure out transportation, uh, the spaying and neutering, uh, if the shelter doesn't provide it, how do you get that done as, as quickly and safely as possible? Uh, tr- obviously treats, food, beds, blankets, toys, um, medications. Um, I, I mean, now that like going through that, um, like process and having that checklist, that's really kind of, it's going to really help going through finding different rescues and organizations, um, through the vetting process, because like for us, we want to be able to rescue as many, as many, as many dogs and animals as we possibly can. Hopefully we can get to over, over 200 this year. Uh, that that would, I mean,
1: is your wife, like my wife, my wife on a semi daily, if not daily (laughs) basis will send me a photo of a dog that's at a rescue and say, I want to go help this one. I want to go help that one. My my wife's doing it all the time. And I'm like, you know, me, Bring them yeah. on, bring them in. You know, bring them in. We'll we'll try to do what we can, and if not, they they usually end up staying here. But we we rescued three from Puerto Rico uh, a year and a half ago, and two of them we got um, adopted within days, and we ended up actually keeping the third, and that's my my guy, Mr. Dan, and uh, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, <laughs> it's it's something that we've always been into, always had dogs, and it's uh, it's great to know that uh, you know there's more people out there, especially high profile people, that can bring more awareness to it to uh, to the masses. So I think it's great.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're angels in fur coats. They're yes. better than a lot of humans, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I always
0: say we don't really deserve dogs, you know, because right, they're right. just unconditional, sweet, you know, the just four-legged creatures that I just, we're so lucky to, it's not a long time, unfortunately but they make, we make, and they make the best of it, you know, the most of it. Um, so before this podcast turns into the dog hello podcast, um, <laughs> I, I wanted to wrap up, um, you know, it, it went viral when you had your press conference at Clover Park and you announced Pete, uh, that you are donating a thousand dollars to animal rescues around the country. Um, first off, thank you, you know, for that gesture and your your generosity it is unbelievable that you're doing that. Um, the, the comments that i saw just from other fan bases were that you would never see uh because you know how it is with other you know fan bases we're like you know what pete hit a 100 because we're dog lovers you know um thank you for me genuinely uh it's such a great unbelievable thing that you're doing and i was just wondering um you know obviously you're a dog lover so this is you know close to your heart how did this all come together um and uh I could also just speak on one last thing when it comes to fostering and what you said about uh, you supplying toys and, you know, everything that you said at the press conference, I can vouch for Pete Alonzo that he does this because I adopted after him fostering Lucy and Pete, all the blankets, the dog bed, the cage, food. I mean, you name it, Pete and Hallie were on it. So again, thank you. And, um, I can vouch that um, this is an unbelievable thing and they're true to the word. So I was just wondering how this all came about because simply it's amazing.
2: Well, Lucy inspired it and hopefully other people can, can, uh, can join. And um, I know that like, for us, like it's, it's limited, but uh, with how many and um, how many we can like save personally and get out uh, just because of like the, the nature of the baseball schedule. But if we can get I honestly the whole purpose is just to get those rescues into those kill shelters and get just get dogs out of there and um, whatever space that um, that those uh, rescues have is to like bring them back or find um, pet sitters fosters or hopefully forever homes like I know like the the logistics of it I mean that's Um, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal, like going down and making sure not just like, I mean, the food, the treats and the toys are um, important, but like, if the dog has any medical issues, whether that's like a, a flea and tick thing, or they have a rash, or they have a cut, or they're still young, and they need, they need like either spaying or neutering, like there's a whole thing. So like, that's the reason, like, going through that process with Lucy, it's like, wow, this isn't just like a, Hey, go pick the dog up and (laughs) give it food. No, like there's a lot of, um, things. So like, that's why when we want to find these rescues, like we want to see like, uh, how well equipped are you? I mean, the reason why we're we're donating a thousand per home run is because we, we understand like this takes a lot of effort, a lot of time. And, um, I mean, takes, I mean, surgeries aren't free meds aren't free like all that stuff even though like it's great we're getting dogs out but also we want to make sure that they're in the best possible care uh, as well like after they're they're rescued and they're in the they're rescued out of the shelter and they're in a place like temporarily whether that be with again like a foster or they're back at the at the at the headquarters of the rescue or if they're at like a like a pet sitter so we just want to make sure that Every dog that's, uh, that's out of there is, is in the best possible, um, healthcare as they possibly can be.
0: Yeah. Um, again, it, it's amazing. Uh, when I, when I heard you say it, I kind of jumped out of my seat cause I, I, I lived it with you and Haley and Lucy. Um, you know, just how, uh, like knowing how much you love dogs, you have two of your own and the connection yeah. that you have, uh, with Lucy and, um. You know, anyone that's a dog lover or has any type of compassion in the world has to love this idea. So, you know, me being a Mets fan and being a Pete Alonzo fan before all this, you know, I hope that you hit three hundred home runs just <laughs> for, for the adi- for the animal's sake, you know. Um but be a heck uh, of a year too. Yeah, that would be <laughs> a heck of a year. Um so again, thank you. And guys, if you're listening on the Shalo Podcast audio, uh follow us. We're on all platforms. And you heard the man Pete Alonzo it is rewarding to foster a dog it is um you heard you heard the man and if you're watching on our YouTube channel uh, on uh say Hello Media you saw Pete Alonzo say foster a dog it is rewarding so it, it's coming from Pete Alonso himself. So uh, take that and uh, do what you want with it. Uh, Pete has been great throughout the entire process and uh, couldn't be happier with
2: it. Thank you. But also, too, it's rewarding, but it, it's it, it's not easy emotionally. <laughs> and then also it is work. I will be completely forthcoming with that. But on the other side, and when you get to see the um, the animal just, just thrive and open up and come out of their shell <laughs> and – not only like be, be loved, but willing to give love because like at the first part of their lives or whatever, like um, they just haven't really received it. And, or like for us humans, they think of us as, as bad. When they see humans, they think bad, but for them to open up and like, Hey, listen, maybe not all of them are bad. It's like, I just got dealt a really bad hand and I just like, to see them open up like that, that's the most rewarding part and come out of their shell and, and trust and love. That's that's the it's the coolest thing. Pete yeah. gets it. He gets it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Pete
0: definitely gets he it. Gets so it. Awesome. um, you know, that Bill has a dog lover, I'm a dog lover. Um, you know, and I'm sure all the people watching and listening, uh, for the most part, they're an animal lover in some shape forum uh so again from the bottom of my heart thank you for thank you for lucy and thank you for all you do for you know uh, uh yeah, you know doing course. this uh we could talk about dogs probably for another two hours but uh <laughs> we do have to move on fans uh you know have a lot of uh questions and want to get to know pete alonzo the person as well so um the first one um your mom she mm-hmm. played uh, softball. Correct me if I'm wrong at any time at uh Ohio Wesleyan uh, University, and yep. I, w- I was wondering, do you think that you get your baseball genes from your mom who played?
2: I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my my mom, she, I mean, played played softball in college, and my dad, he was a three sport athlete in high school. Um, so, wow. He played football in college until he blew out his knee, so. Um, I mean my, my parents were always encouraging me to be super active. I mean both my mom and my dad, like they, they played sports. They're active growing up and for me I, I played a ton of sports growing up. I played football, uh lacrosse, basketball, soccer, baseball. I mean love love baseball, love football, love lacrosse. Those are my those are my favorite three. But I think um honestly like baseball yes, I was I was blessed with uh with with a with a couple of tools and uh but honestly like that's where my heart always truly has been like uh, like football is a great sport highly recommend like uh kids play it same with lacrosse basketball soccer like like parents out there who are watching and listening like get your kids in everything like um like yeah get them on get them on ice skates have them have them play hockey have them uh figure skate have do everything swim like play everything field hockey rugby every everything like um just because it not only for the athletic ability i mean that's all secondary but you get a whole different group of friends like and it's seasonal you're not sure, just man. doing the same thing over and over and over again so like for young kids like it's great socially and also like being on different teams like you learn how to bond and and, and work together for a common goal. I, I think it's like you sports are are really, really incredible and play them all.
0: Yeah. No, you make a good point. As a kid, you get to meet other friends, you know, growing up as well with all the different sports that you are participating on. So, um, never thought of that. Uh, you mentioned your father. Um, so again, correct me if I'm wrong. Your dad moved from Barcelona. Um, I, I don't know the age that he did. And, he moved to Queens. I read, um,
2: yeah, is that so my ch- grandpa. Yes. Yeah, so grandpa. grandpa. Yeah. Okay. So my grandpa, um, yeah, Queens so my, of all the places. <laughs> yeah. So my great, um, so my grandpa moved to New York. Um, so there, so that's when, uh, Spain was in kind of not the best situation because, uh, Nazi Germany was like doing a bunch of like they were doing kind of like their testing before World War Two on like they were you had obviously you had conservatives and then communisms and then like you had the Nazi support in Spain. So my great grandpa took took his family. It's like, all right, we're in New York now. Um this is our home base. My grandpa, um so he actually so eventually he, when he, as soon as he became of age, he, he enlisted and then he uh, went to Africa, um, wow. went to Africa, then Italy, and then he had a uh, occupation. So yeah, this was really cool. Like he had an occupation medal um, in Africa and uh, in Italy, which was wow, really crazy to find.
0: Right. Wow. That's um, amazing. Yeah.
2: And then he graduated from NYU and uh when he was in when he was there at NYU he didn't know how to type so naturally he uh found the uh best looking uh receptionist because they <laughs> knew how to type and then that that was my grandma <clears throat>
0: wow yeah so
2: and my dad was know. born in queens
0: okay yeah awesome. that so that that leads me to my question do you think that maybe you know uh, subconsciously or consciously because you know all this that your your love for new york with your dad you know uh queens your grandpa uh you know moving to new york after everything that happened that you explained is you think it affects maybe how you think about new york as the the state and the people and the culture yeah i mean I,
2: i still have uh i mean i still have like cousin i have cousins out on long island like it's um but for me, like one of the most special things about New York was I mean, my I I my grandpa never got to see me play in the big leagues, but it was so amazing. So when I played for the Cyclones, he was uh came like we were in Brooklyn, like eating an Italian eating an Italian meal, like in Brooklyn and like just seeing like that. That spark in his eye, we never got to go um, in the city, but just being around Brooklyn, like he grew up a Dodger fan, uh, which was like really, really like he's like, I remember listening to the radio at this like Polish diner, like on like Flatbush or whatever. And the game would be like blurring on the radio. And it's like, like he just. Like being in being in Coney Island and then being in Brooklyn and then like going around like to different places, like he just had this like, it's it's like because I think he was like 94, 95, and it's like wow. he was he had he was walking around with a walker, but he was walking around with like swag, like <laughs> like he had like this he had this twinkle in his eye and this swag about him. But he's like, man, he's like, this is you could tell he was like going down memory lane and like seeing how things changed. But also too is like, even though things change so much, stays the same. And yeah. uh, for him, he was he was you could see, you could see he was relishing every moment because it was just he was just enjoying, yeah, enjoying the like the now. And um, it was I don't know, it was really cool. Probably yeah. pretty
1: proud too, I bet. Probably pretty proud yeah. of the grandson. You
2: know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Definitely. Um, that that's an amazing story. And uh, you know, you mentioned. Uh, well, you didn't mention it, but I I want to get to it just because uh, I'm taken back from all of that story. I didn't know most of it and uh, kind of blown away. But uh, you know, you he didn't get to see you play at the major league level. But uh, the ne- the next question, and I know you've touched on it uh, upon it, and it's very dear to your heart. On somehow some way, this opening day for you personally for Pete Alonso will be the first. March 28th at City Field will be uh-huh. the first one that you will have fans in the stands to be at the home opener since 2018.
2: You know, oh, yeah, yes. unbelievable. So yeah, it's like so yeah. People think like yeah, opening day at City Field, but like for us ball players, it's like it's it's not because we played a full week, <laughs> or it's like <laughs> right. we played we played a full week it's not so opening it's like- day. Yeah, it's not the official opening day, first day of the season. Actual right. first day of the season. So, uh, game one of one sixty two at at Citi Field is going to be amazing. Because yeah, I mean i haven't I haven't had that experience as a Met yet. And I mean, it's been <laughs> this is my sixth year on the on the big league team, and it's like it's kind of kind of crazy that it it hasn't Has lined up like that because we've had so many road starts, um, but. Yeah, this one's this one's going to be extremely special.
0: I feel like they should do it every other year, you know, home, home game one, home opener, you know, and rotate it because that I, makes I a lot of sense. It, it really would, <laughs> you know. But I, we won't go there with what makes sense. Yeah, I think I, it? think
1: I catch your drift there a little bit. <clears throat>
0: yeah, um, but uh, yeah, twenty twenty, we don't count. Obviously, that was supposed to be a home opener with fans, but you know, uh, we cannot twenty twenty didn't happen. You know, in my right. head. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you're probably so stoked to have, you know, 45,000, whatever the capacity, 48,000, whatever the capacity is at City Field. And, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's, you got to be super stoked for that. So I'm happy that you finally get that after six years. That's crazy. Yeah. Um,
2: No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm juiced. I'm, I'm really excited. And yeah, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really fun time, really fun experience.
0: Speaking of the fans, uh, uh, I wanted to know, and a lot of, of Met fans also, uh, earlier this year, and it's only been, you know, a week or two in the spring training, is LFGM back for Pete Alonso?
2: Yeah, I've always been doing it.
0: I didn't, I thought it went away last year. I didn't, you know, after, you know, you had your interviews after games, like, you'd always sign off, like, back in 21 or with LFGM. I, maybe I'm wrong, but... I felt like it came back this year. I could be easily wrong. No, I, yeah,
2: always, always been here. Yeah, I mean, maybe like, I mean, there's obviously certain like situations like oh, yeah. where where it's okay to say it, but obviously like if if uh, things aren't going the right way, like which I mean things things really didn't in the in the second half of the year, especially after the trade deadline. It's like yeah. if like if I'm getting an interview in a game and if I have a good game and like we lose and it's like, okay, uh, I can't not really, time. yeah. Yeah. Not like bad timing. Or if it's like a great team win, uh, if it's like an awesome team win and, um, or and like moods good. And, uh, and like we got momentum and, and, and things are, yeah, it's typically after a great team win or like something like that. Like, yeah, of course. I mean, that's, that's the time, but if we're, yeah, if I have to talk and we get blown out, then
0: yeah, there's a <laughs> not, there's,
2: really, not really the time. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. There's a time and place for everything. I get it. I just yes. maybe because 75 wins last year, um, and we lost Bill, but he'll be back any minute. He knows what he's doing. Um, you know, uh, I guess it's always been there. So maybe, maybe I tuned it out as a fan because you know uh, there were, like you said, opportune times to do it all the time. But I'm happy yeah. it's it's back. Uh, that I've realized so soon, um, never went anywhere. No, I know. I know that's my bad. So I'm just happy. It never went anywhere. And, uh, I just, when I heard it, I perked up, uh, maybe cause it was so long. Uh, cause you know, the second half last year is what it was. So, yeah. um, uh, that leads me to another question. Um, we discussed this off the air, uh, in 2019, uh, for you uh your your rookie year and how much you wanted to make the team out of spring training. And I was just getting uh for the fans who are listening right now, um, you know, a lot of teams as we know with their big prospects don't have to have their, their big prospects at that time, make the team for manipulation reasons and, you know, service time and all that. But you made the team in twenty nineteen. If you didn't, you wouldn't be a free agent this year. You know, um, so you did make the team and I just wanted to get how, like, I remember you were amazing in spring training and obviously made it because of your hard work. Just take us through, if you can, uh, 2019 spring training and the jubilation you had when you finally made the team, you know, and you're, here you are in the big leagues.
2: Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting. So they could have, so the team, time within those, uh, first three years, they could have, they could have sent me down at any time to gain that. Um, so it's not just, yeah, they, if I get called up, there's a potential, but if I would have got sent down at any time, they, uh, they could have had the, I mean that, that extra year. So, but, right. um, honestly the, the, the best way to, the best way to solve that issue and, and obviously that's a genuine concern not just for me but any prospect or player that's in that similar position where non 40 ro- non 40 man roster invite but um, you got a shot to make the team either out of camp or eventually down the road in the year um, i mean you got to play with your hair on fire it's simple as that and you can't you don't have room to make mistakes or um, if you make one you better you better make a play with your glove or you better drive someone in late in the game when it matters um and <laughs> i mean those three i mean those not just that spring training but every spring training and every um i guess every single year you got to play with your hair on fire because again you don't want to give anybody an excuse um or it's like hey like yeah, i know great year but the following year it's like listen you gotta you gotta show us something and same year following um right.
0: you don't take it for granted at all
2: no, yeah. um, no, I, I never have. And um, again, like you see, like things can things can happen fast when things turn south. So, I'm always working hard, and I'm always motivated to be the best version of myself for for the team. Because um, for me, it's like I don't want to be like I, I put put in so much hard work, and ultimately, my performance and everyone's performance helps the collective. If everyone has a good game, we're gonna win. If nobody has a good game, we're gonna lose obviously there there are some instances where uh one guy just absolutely takes over and drives in all the runs that day but typically, like over the course of the season there there's maybe five six seven of those games where it's like, oh that's the game <laughs> where so and so took over but over the the grand total of the season, everybody has to do their part and I just i just for me like even now it's like, I I just want to be the best player I can be. So I'm not the one, like, I want to help the team. I want to play my part. Um, And you just, I'm just a, how the team is. It's like a, it's just like a, like a car motor. Every, every single thing, every component has to be doing its job in order for everything to run. Uh, If one thing's off, then you're going to have problems somewhere else. Everything has to be working together simultaneously in an inefficient way for, um, yeah, for the wins to happen.
0: Did you ever, I mean, the, the, the answer's got to be no freaking way, but did you ever think in 2019 you would have the year that you had breaking the Mets all-time season single record for home runs, the rookie home run record, everything? I mean, you know, At rookie the start, of the year,
2: all of that. At the start, um, that wasn't even in my mind. I was just uh playing for playing for tomorrow, playing for today. Uh, where it's like do what I can today so I can stay in the big leagues tomorrow. Um everything was just I, I was just so focused on just like keeping my roster spot and
1: right.
2: and yeah, just doing doing my part every single day. And um I was motivated, uh, extremely, extremely motivated and um yeah. I was, I was extremely motivated to keep my spot.
0: Yeah. Um, that 53rd home run, do you still have it? The ball?
2: I do. Yes. Um, yeah. And I did realize um, I hit my 40th home run in, in Kansas city. Um, I think it was like the end of the third week in August. And then I'm like, I got a shot.
0: Oh yeah. in August. I got, 40, I got a yeah. shot
2: and I was like, okay, all right. Like, and also, too, what really helped me was we're we're chasing down the uh, the Nationals, I believe for yep. uh, for that last wild card spot. so um if if the team does well, I do well. if I do well, the team does well. So it's just one of those things where I, like we're chasing down a playoff spot, and I wasn't trying to hit those home runs. like those home runs just happened because we're in a playoff race, so we're trying to hunt down, hunt down the closest team. And we were playing really good baseball. Um, we were playing really good team baseball. And it, it was, it was really fun. It was really, yeah. really fun.
0: I, I remember that. I think at one point at the end of the year, you guys went like 16 and two, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, towards September. Uh, I remember Todd Frazier's walk off three run home run down the line, you know, yep. by the left field pole. Sean Doolittle. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, against Doolittle. I mean, that was amazing. I was there, and I was like, "Okay, this team is like got some uh, something's going on." You know, Uh, maybe ten more games left in the season. If it was a hundred seventy-two game season, you guys would have made the playoffs. But that was a fun year. You know, JD uh, JD Davis with uh, you know his. I think he had the home record for the highest OPS at City Field ever. It was like he took over as well. Uh, I, that was a fun year. Just, you know, 10 more games.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I mean, if you look, uh, it was really cool because getting getting Strowman at the deadline was big. Uh, Joe Panic had a, a, a ton of huge at bats for us, playing great second base. Uh, Jeff went on an absolute tear. Dom had a really good <clears throat> second half. Um, and then also, too, one of the coolest things is last at bat of the season, he hits a walk off homer first uh only at bat um i know
0: I only never, at bat
2: he had in like two months it was like last one of the season he parks one and we walk it off to end the year but um it was, i mean that the end of 19 it was like man like that was like the you could definitely see the potential of that group
0: yeah absolutely and for met fans Having, I mean, I remember Dom Smith home run there and he's just jubilation running third base. And his helmet, I believe, was off already at that point. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was almost because you, if you remember, you do, you know, he was uh, had his scooter from the injury. So he's uh, before he obviously was activated. So to have that end the year was kind of bittersweet because you didn't want the year to end, but you're so happy for Dom. So, yeah. um I, I i'm sure you agree with this dom is one of those players that wherever he goes you know for met fans i could speak i think uh we will always root for dom because he's just genuinely such a great guy
2: yeah he's he's really good people he's really really good people and yeah he's one of those He's he's got a very inf- uh positive outlook and he's got a very infectious personality where it's you he can't help but uh, smile and laugh around them.
0: Do you? Speaking of Dom and not so much Dom. Off the top of your head, being in the majors for six years now, um, do you have any pranks that you can recall that are that stick out to you? Um, you know, I watched Bull Durham the other night. And, you know, Major League is such a great movie, and the pranks are always baseball. 162 games and 183 days. You're a family for eight months out of the year. Any pranks that you know would that come about the, uh, off the top of your head? And if not, um, that's totally fine because, uh, you know, uh, we could keep it PG as well, <laughs> you know.
2: No, I mean, there's no, I mean, there's no like pranks because I, I think, uh, yeah, there's really no pranks, but it's just more of the, more guys like joking around and just, just being, being one of those things. I think for me is one of the scarier things as a, as a rookie is having to sing in front of the, in front <laughs> of the, in front of the bus. That was, that was frightening.
0: Well, what did you think? That was six years ago. You don't have to do that again. Okay. What song? Did you sing, <laughs> Thank Andy? God. No, I'm kidding. I never heard you sing. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to ask you this uh, yeah. as well uh, for Met fans and the listeners: uh, What? Why are Met fans in your mind? Because you've been open about how much you love Met fans, you know, and and, and putting on the, the jersey and wearing the, the the name and the number. Why are Met fans to Pete Alonzo so great? If you could just sum that sum that up in your opinion, real quick.
2: Well, I mean, just uh, you could just see the passion, and I mean, it's just flat out like Mets fans are ride or dies, and that's and I love that, and to have that support is amazing. It's, I mean, you, you can't ask for anything more.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Passion is there. Uh, you know, they they cheer. Unfortunately, Mets fans, some not all, boo. You know, but uh, they, they're definitely ride or die. You know, nothing. You said this and it, it's perfect segue. I'm sure you remember it was years ago that all you want is to be on a float during the parade, drinking beer, celebrating a world championship. I don't know. Do you remember saying that? I yeah. Think, and I, how much now, now that it's your sixth year and you're, you're basically a veteran at this point, how much more do you want that? knowing that you tasted post season and you know you see the core that you have the prospects that are coming up how much does Pete Alonso want that now
2: well uh i want i don't just want it now. i want it now and later like yeah. like that's the the whole goal is to win a championship but um getting through the, you got to earn your right to get to the post season and then you got to outlast everybody when it comes to uh crunch time out uh, out there in october so um that's that's just something that just as a as a whole group we have to earn um and that's something that uh throughout the course of the year we'll find out who we are as a team we'll find out how gritty we are and we'll find out um we'll find out our true identity once the season starts and that's but yeah i want it now and later
0: So you beat me to my next question before we get to the mailbag. Um, I was going to ask you your expectations coming into the 2024 season, but you kind of alluded to it. Um, Good core, you know, you'll see what happens. Is there anything that sticks out early uh, to you uh, vibes wise, uh, new players that are in uh, that, you know, you have uh, high hopes for the 2024
2: team? I mean, everyone, everyone's been like, not just working hard but working diligently working very um everyone's just super self-aware of what they have needed to improve upon this past off season and um i think like as camp goes on like god willing we keep everyone uh healthy i mean health is wealth especially in baseball and we just need people to to stay healthy mm-hmm. and uh just always keep playing for each other and, and once we get to the regular season, we'll understand what it's like to, to face adversity. And I'm excited to see like how we, how we like take on the regular season. I mean, that's getting through spring trainings, one thing, but then going full, full steam ahead for 162, it's a journey. And Mm -hmm. I'm excited to take that journey with, with this group, because like, uh, we have a lot of great talent. We have a lot of great personalities, but, um, Nothing in the postseason is guaranteed. Um, you just you just have to get there. Have to get there. Nothing in the regular season is guaranteed. That's the lovely thing about baseball is yeah. uh, whoever is whoever's in front of you just beat them that day. Um, and if we can do that, uh, probably I don't know, like more probably two thirds or seventy percent of the time during <laughs> the regular season, then that'd be great. But well, I mean. Doesn't matter if we're in the if we win the division or in the last place in the wild card, as we've seen, um, like regarding who wins and who loses, like as long as you're in, you got just as much of a chance as the as the next team. So for us, like, we gotta earn it. We gotta earn every every step of the way to get to have that opportunity to play for a championship.
0: Yeah. Uh Bill and I have discussed this many times in a couple episodes I said, um, every team is going to win 60 every team is going to lose 60 it's what you do with the other 42 games that will make or break your season and yeah so true you know it's a classic line in baseball and we saw with the diamondbacks last year who won 84 games went all the way to the world series mets go 27 and 15 in those uh, 42 games you're looking at 85 wins right there that gets you into the dance more than likely in a mm-hmm. wild card capacity so yeah um it's Phillies Phillies in
2: 2022 they're the last team in. Yeah. Like again like it's just get in. Does it it doesn't matter you just need to get in and 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 roll the dice and see what happens.
0: Yeah. Um we're going to go right into the mailbag for time uh purposes and uh the other questions uh maybe we'll throw that into the last segment coming after the mailbag which is called uh quick pitches. But uh we owe it to the listeners to uh get their questions in for the polar bear Um, there were a lot of questions asked for Pete and, uh, I narrowed it down to, you know, uh, four or five. So I want to thank everyone who submitted their questions for Pete. Unfortunately, we couldn't get to every single one, but, uh, we do this every episode on the Hello podcast. Usually the questions are for Bill being the former major league player uh, and nothing for me, but, uh. Today will be, that's fine, I'm sorry, that's fine. Bill, I'm, I'm, for Pete Alonzo. I enjoy um, I'm hope, it Are you so okay far? with that, Mr. I, I, Pulsifer? I'm sorry
1: for the technical difficulties. But I'm, <laughs> I'm upset that I've missed a little bit of this so far. It's been it's been great.
0: Well, there's good news. We're going to air it you know, in a day or two, so you're on it, and uh, you get to watch it or listen to it. I don't know it. what happened. <laughs> and you're back on anyway, so <laughs> technical difficulties aside. All right, Pete, you ready for the first question? Farway. away. All right. First question is from N Y M G I. He goes with the historic start to your career with power. How often do you ever think about reaching 500 home runs or other major milestones?
2: Um. Honestly, I, I, I don't really, uh, I don't really think of like career milestones until like the off season. Um, but just looking at like, being on pace for certain things. It's, it's really, it's really cool. Uh, but also too, like you can't predict the now and you can't predict the future. So the only thing that I can really do is just, just play hard and, and stay on the field for as long as possible.
0: Yeah. Um, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. Thank you for the question. Uh, JK, as he goes by on uh, Twitter X. Next question is from Stacy NYC at hustle diva one. She goes, Pete. What is your favorite thing about living in New York during the season, and what is your favorite thing about playing in New York? LFGM.
2: Well, uh, I love how there always is something going on. I mean, obviously, you have like some of the best food, uh, food in the world. I love uh, like just certain events. Um, so I. Like the uh, the U.S. Open, I love the U.S. Open. I love going to uh, Rangers games at the Garden. Like, haven't gone to a Knicks game yet, but that's Ooh. definitely on the bucket list. Um, I mean, New York just has, like, this this buzz. Uh, whether it's, like, oh, some, like, major concert thing. It's not only, like, just work-focused. It's, like, there's so many incredibly fun things to do in the city that, um, that don't take away from, from my job, where it's, like, okay, like, I got done at um, – like let's say I get done done with a game at, on Saturday, which is like at 4 o'clock, so 7 o'clock. And okay, yeah, I got um, – You got yeah. time. Yeah, I got time. Oh, Rangers are playing tonight? Let's go. Absolutely. Like I love how easy – like there's so much cool things where you, you don't have to like – go, uh, or drive or it's like, everything's just right there. And like, there's just so many incredible things to experience, obviously. Um, I mean, just from like a super touristy thing. Yeah. I mean, the Met is incredible. Um, I haven't done the statue of Liberty L- Ellis Island in a while, but that's super fun. Um, I mean, there's just so many historic and incredible places to visit as well. Like, um, like it's, it's just this, this, this city has it all.
0: Yeah. It, it. It is, in my opinion, the best city in the world. And, uh, you know, you, you nailed some good things about it. So uh, thank you for the question, Stacey. Great answer, Pete. Uh, we'll keep it moving about uh, three more. Uh, we got Steve NYFD917. Uh, St- uh, Steve asked, hey, Pete, huge fan and dog lover. What is your favorite jersey to wear? Blues, home whites, the black. Thank you.
2: Oh, the black for sure. The black, <laughs> No, no doubt.
0: Yeah. yeah no, nah. I, you were the ones we talked about it the other weekend that advocated to get the black jerseys back. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, the black jersey is iconic. Like that's so they like, were, that yeah. is like, like that is the black jersey. It's like authentically Mets. And like, that should be like, that's ours. You know, like, like we should always have that in the rotation.
0: I totally agree. And part of my best memories as a fan, ninety nine, two thousand Subway series, they were they wore the two, the black jerseys. So mm-hmm. uh you know, good luck comes with it with the piazza, you know, iconic home runs and you know, the ha- every the Hampton, you know, winning the NLCS and you guys are still good down. things come with it. So I'm right there with you. Bill, yep. you you were on the two thousand. Mets. You
1: know, how I like I like the one. I like
0: the one over, You were on the two thousand Mets. Did you wear
1: yeah, we had the black jerseys. We actually did. You, you ever wear a did. black jersey? Yeah, we actually we at the time were wearing blue with the... blue spikes and black spikes. See, when we wore black, we had to wear the black belts and the black spikes, and we wore the either the the blue tops or the uh, the, the pinstripe tops, which you know is my favorite. That's my I think it's the uh, the best home uniform in baseball. We would wear the blue spikes, so it was yes. kind of getting a little confusing. You had to make sure you had your blue spikes and your black spikes and your black belts and your blue belts and your blue so- socks and your black socks. So it got a little confusing at times. <laughs> <laughs> I know the blue jerseys was a, the blue jerseys was a big thing last summer. It yeah, like Bill, the there's the a jersey lot. Jerseys on quite a bit at home.
2: Yeah, uh, blue jerseys I, I really like, but my favorite, um, one of my favorite oh, jerseys sure. we got rid of is the blue road jerseys. Um, yeah. So and so the blue road jerseys they're. Oh. They were the numbers on the inside were gray with like uh, orange like orange piping and is it was, the, or like the orange is that outline. The, the BP top, like I miss those on a the lot road?
1: because that was uh, our our BP top on the road when I was a Met was the was that jersey the blue with the with the silver gray with the orange around. it. I thought that was a beautiful looking uniform. I like it better than the home one.
2: Yeah, so that yeah. Well, now we're just only gray on the road, so like that that road blue, I'm really pushing for us to get now, to get back because we're only gray. I do on have the a question
1: note. about the uniform selection. It's kinda... it always be the starting pitcher. Is it is that not a thing anymore? Or is that still a thing?
2: Well, I mean, I think now, so we're allowed to wear the blacks. I mean, now it's like through like MLB, but like, uh, so the only two times we're not allowed to wear. Um, we're a lot of wear the blacks any day other than um, gotcha. Saturdays and, Kirstie, and Sundays.
1: Kirsty's pretty anal as a clubby too, right? So her is know, that it,
2: everything? It, it. Oh yeah, I mean Kirsty's on top of everything. But honestly, like uh, whatever the starting pitcher okay, okay, cool. wears, cool. wants to wear. That. I mean that's. I wonder because I
1: saw the blue jerseys a lot at home last year. Not as much. Does as that the break? Pin-
2: But also too, like of if course. if we're wearing we're if we're, if we're yeah, winning we're games, like Absolutely. hey, we're, we're we're riding that jersey.
0: Is that breaking news that uh, the the blacks are now allowed to be worn not just on Fridays, but you could wear them every day, but Saturday, Sunday at home.
2: I don't think so. I think, uh, I, think... I think we wore them a couple times last year okay. um, during the week. Um, but yeah, I, I think yeah, That's... we're allowed to wear the blacks when whenever, as long as it's not the weekend. Excuse
0: me. Okay. Yeah. Blacks, I love those jerseys, just are fire. They're just legit fire. So I'm with you. Um, Let's get through the last uh, two questions. We got uh, Yosef underscore G. Yosef asks, How do you go about dealing with all the tough questions that are thrown your way by the NY reporters?
2: Well, I, uh, so we have a great, we have a great media team and training with the Mets. And then also too, um, yeah, I get, uh, so my agent, they typically like make me aware of some certain things, but honestly, it's just, uh, being polite and, and being, being forthcoming and being simple. Goes with the territory. Right? Yeah.
0: That's a good way to look at it's it. Part of being a um, New York
2: player. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and accountability yeah forthcoming accountable and 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 polite that's it
0: yeah bill bill when he was uh you know top prospect back in the day uh bill was the uh
1: well I, you know I you explain how you a were Bill. you know they could always come to me for a little bit of a soundbite but like we've talked about in the past when you look at uh lindor and you look at pete those are guys that stand at their locker every single night win lose or draw and uh, it will be the, the pros that they are, and it comes with the business, it comes with the territory, and they, they both understand that, and that's he's a professional. And so is uh, uh, Lindor. Those are professionals, and it, it comes with playing in New York, and they do a great job of handling it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You. Yeah, you and Lindor, you know, well, every day, it's not easy to do that for, you know, the duration of the year. So hats off to you guys for doing they
1: that, had, you know, especially the leaders that lockers. you are. Be, there, be at your uh, locker and – be accountable. Be accountable for it. It's part of your job.
2: Mm hmm.
0: Uh, we got the last question. It came from Instagram, and it is from Hayden. And Hayden wants to know, Pete, who is your favorite Met of all time, and why?
2: Oh, Mike Piazza for sure. Uh, just <laughs> so I—I uh, I mean, I did a did a tiny bit of catching growing up. I played catcher, third base, and first base uh, growing up. Uh, but I mean, my favorite baseball players of all time are Mike Piazza and Mark McGuire. Those are my, those are my two, those are my two favorite guys. And I love, I love the way they swung the bat. I love, obviously, how far they could hit it. But uh, those guys are, are not just like power hitters. They're artists at the plate. Um, they, they're they're master. They were masters of their craft, and um, they're really generational talents.
0: Yeah, Mike um, Piazza's mine, and uh, I I you just made a lot of fans happy circus. with that answer. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, yeah, I love
2: Mike's Mike. the man too. Getting to know him is is really really cool. But that's Mike awesome. Mike's been awesome. Uh,
0: that's gonna do it for the mailbag. Um, thank. I want to thank everybody who uh, submitted questions. Unfortunately, uh, Pete's a busy man. We can't get to all of them. But thank you, Pete, for answering the ones that we had for you. Um, We do this every podcast uh, on Twitter or X, uh, at Shea underscore hello. We ask for questions for Bill or me. We'll read them live on the air like we just did uh, for Pete, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, So thanks again for answering them. We're going to go into our last segment, Pete, and uh, it's called Quick Pitches, and Bill and I made this up on the spot as we got to know each other. And this podcast went, uh, you know, we've gone through, you know, months and, and months of it. Usually what it is, it's three questions and not baseball related. And he doesn't know what's coming. And it's Bar. the best, Let's it's the it. best one. You know, what's coming. I I, I think. So I want to keep it baseball wise. Um, but, um, and, and you did answer. So for this quick pitches, um, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask uh, baseball related, but okay. uh, I just want to let the listeners, if they're listening for the first time, um, you know, for you, next you episode, quick pitches, quick pitches, right? pitches is, is always know. fun.
1: You never know what you might hear.
0: No, it, Pete. For example, Pete. For example, last episode that uh, we did quick pitches because it doesn't have to be major league uh, baseball related. I the question for Bill. Uh, was what is the first thing you do after a, you come home from a long road trip? Um, <laughs> his answer was take a shit. And I was just, <laughs> it, it got like 10,000 views, it went viral. And like, it's true. You know, I mean, it was like, hey, a it's true. Yeah, a real so good that's. Qu- So, well, this will this will be I'm going to basically just fire off some questions uh and quickly just whatever comes off the top of your head. Right on. All right. Funniest teammate with the best sense of humor that you've encountered.
2: Jeff. The flying squirrel. squirrel. Yes.
0: Favorite meal. Squirly the flying Dan. squirrel. Like My apologies. Squirrely
2: Dan, I like to call him.
0: <laughs> I like that too. Favorite meal. Steak. Okay uh favorite movie
2: favorite movie uh cool. saving private ryan
0: ooh good one uh favorite genre genre of music so
2: you... i'm i love all sorts of genres i've been super in on country uh I've been listening uh to a lot of rap but there's uh two artists I've been listening to a ton so one Uh, they're called cannons. And then the other one is uh Tosh Sultana. So Tosh is an absolute like wicked guitar player. Um, she's like the, the modern day Jimi Hendrix. She absolutely shreds and cannons are kind of like just super vibey, like very calming, but, uh, if you, those are the those are the two uh, musical artists I'm listening to right now. Walk,
1: Very cool. Honestly, uh, so you, you already know what you're going. Yeah, for. you don't have to give it away.
2: I I I spent the so there's a running joke in baseball where like um, guys like are getting bigger, better, faster, stronger in the off season. But a lot of the times, like <laughs> guys are the number one priority is like, what the hell is my walk-up song <laughs> going to be next year? So you, you're darn right. It took we me all spoiled. five months to figure this out, but um, I'm, right. no, I uh, know. I'll say, I'll say it. I mean, it's, it's everyone, or a lot of people know this song. Uh, it's going to be, a uh, song by George yeah. Thorogood, and it's going to be That's called good Bad to the Bone. That's what I'm walking out to. Now, now you got to choose like,
1: which yeah. portion of the is song that, you're going to actually have played, right?
2: Oh, yeah. it's So now with the time clock, you got, like, only, I think eight <laughs> seconds. You can't walk slow and let that let the let it marinate and let the speakers play. Right. Now one. you got it's right. got to be quick. Yeah. So go. I got to pick go. the best eight seconds of that song. And obviously, yeah. it's the beginning. You know that yeah. beginning riff. that hit, That'll hit in the stadium. Yeah. that hit. Nice. Everyone, great... everyone will know.
1: Yeah,
0: that's, <laughs> that's that's you know. But if there's iconic. no hits, if
2: there's Here no down. hits in that yeah. song, then you know darn darn well. Absolutely sorry next one up yeah
0: and i'm sure yeah, hopefully, hopefully you know your... from opening day on it sticks and you have yes. you know exactly <laughs> yeah,
2: that hopefully that's it
0: yeah and it's actually you know. got a little dog theme as well you know bad to the bone you know mm-hmm. with the bones for the doggies um do you collect anything do you have any like you know special things that you collect uh
2: i'm a bat nerd yeah bat i love that um yeah i think uh yeah i mean I'm I'm trying to come compile a collection of guys like in this guys that I play against that I respect and um, are, are just good, good people, good opponents um, that are, but I think my, my two uh, favorites right now are three uh, Joey Votto, um, Miggy Cabrera, and then Albert Pujols. So like, I, I think Can you I think give those us are the, my the, my three the, favorites. The number
1: right what number was yeah, get- Joey Votto swing what did he, what bat, what is his like C271 M110 what did he swing What does he what did he swing
2: Uh he's he's So own, he's, right. he he yeah, swings yeah. a Marucci it's it, but it's his specific model. Yeah, so same with Albert he swings a Marucci. I yeah. mean now I'm pretty sure everyone knows this it's the AP5 um and then uh, Miggy has his okay. own model with not, uh,
1: Not, not off of any of the old Louisville Slugger numbers. We gotta get a their own specific specs.
2: No, 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 right. no. no. I, I mean, I'm sure like there's like similarities. Yep. But, I mean, yep. these things are like tailored suits now.
0: We gotta get a uh, Joey Votto signed. He's been out there on Instagram. I see making all these uh, funny videos about you know his last one. I'm not gonna put the shopping cart back <laughs> if you don't sign me, guys. Somebody. You Know he's, he's hilarious, that's funny, yeah. Um, all right, real quick, uh, for the last of the um, the quick pitches, are you a window or aisle seat guy, or do you get your own row because you're the polar bear?
2: No, I, I honestly, <laughs> I think the uh, aisle like definitely the aisle,
0: okay. Best arm that you've seen from a position player in your years of uh, playing, you know, not a pitcher. Uh, you know, outfield arm or third base, whatever, you know, it might be.
2: Jesus. Um, that's, that's a really good question. I think, um, I think you want to this. Right? And there his, you his go.
0: Uh, he's that was my Mount, my Mount Rushmore had yo on it, you know? For uh, that. Yeah. And
2: then uh, Javi bias has an absolute hand cannon. Uh, okay. Yeah. So like, I think those two guys,
0: Yeah. Okay. I love it. Um, Best power hitter in Major League Baseball besides Pete Alonso.
2: Um. I think. I mean, this one's pretty easy. I I think I'm. I'm gonna say Aaron Judge. It's fair.
0: Yeah. That that is pretty easy. So. uh, Yeah, it's fair. Fair play. Um, and then lastly, where did? Because there's a couple places I've heard it from, but let's go straight to the source. How did polar bear, the nickname, come about? I've heard two different names that have given it to you, and one was Todd Fraser, and the other one was Gary Garsina. Let's hear it from the source.
2: Oh, it was it was it was, it was Todd.
0: Okay, yeah. So Todd
2: and Gary and, adopted it for sure. He so I will say Gary um, Gary probably like spread it. He did the the spreading of it, but Todd came up with it.
0: Got it. So I'm, Todd, I'm not going
2: to knock Gary because Gary was a part of the. He was a part of like the. the is there a reasoning? And, and yep. Like oh yeah, is there that's, a reasoning? Yeah. Polar bear. Polar bear Pete. Yeah, it's polar bear. No, oh. I, I guess it just it just fit right from the right from the beginning. I'm just happy that like my nickname. I like wasn't it that it's the bear obviously. Because or, <laughs> strong guy and then polar bear yeah.
1: kind of like cool, calm, and collected. You know, I kind of I think that kind of fits you a little bit.
2: Yeah, or also like I think it was like – I mean, so Todd was my locker mate and <laughs> I I didn't really get a lot of sun, so I probably blinded him. That makes sense too. Blinded him. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Pete, I want to thank you so much. That's going to wrap up. Quick pitches, um, The good questions uh, that I believe you gave the great answers that we could have had, so thank you for that. Um, that's going to wrap up episode 27. Uh, Pete, I, I, again, I want to thank you sincerely and and graciously as, as I can for joining us on the Low podcast. Uh, you, we know you are a busy guy, so it's to take out over an hour of your time, I, I cannot say thank you enough.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, guys. I thank you for having me on, and uh, glad I could uh, glad I could come on. Glad it worked out.
0: Uh, Bill, any final words from you well, same, uh, before same I same asked, thing, man. Just uh, really a pleasure for
1: you thing. to take your time out in a, a tough time of the year, busy time of the year. And I uh, just want to wish you the best of luck this year. And, uh, again, thanks a lot for what you're going to be doing with uh, hopefully hitting those 300 home runs, like Casey said, to, to give out the money for, uh, for a, a tremendous cause. <laughs> and just the best of luck this year to you and the ball club.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Any final uh, thoughts, words to the fans that are listening uh, on YouTube or, uh, you know, where we get our audio there we uh, platforms on? <laughs> LFGM. There it is. That's perfect. Perfectly said. So with that being said, the perfect way to sign off for Stephen White, Bill Pulsifer, the polar bear himself, Pete Alonzo. My name is Casey Lynn. Until next time, thank you for watching slash listening the Say Hello Podcast.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Peace.